Hey, everybody. Thanks for subscribing to the Front Row Knowles podcast. Hope you're tuning in to listen on Real Talk Tallahassee 93.3 if you're in Tallahassee on a weekly basis, Wednesdays at noon. Also want to thank Seminole Boosters. Reminder, uh, if you're not already a member, jump on board to help make a great brand even greater. And don't forget, there are tickets available for Florida State's games this season. Just go to Seminoles.com backslash tickets to grab yours. That said, Enjoy this week's Front Row Knowles. Good day, everybody. Tom and Keith with you. And KJ, let's look back on on last night's, uh, yesterday's defeat for Florida State to NC State. As soon as you got word that a bunch of players had missed practice because of the flu, and most notably the quarterback was going to miss the game, I think that sort of changed everybody's expectations. That apparently came down to the flu was around all week, but the definitive news about Jordan came down in the last 48 hours before kickoff. And that's when it was determined that McKenzie Milton would be the starter. And it just was a it was a grind offensively. Defensively, they played well down to down, but gave up a couple of big plays. And uh, when all is said and done, a pretty good NC State team wins at 28 to 14. You know, we talked going into the Clemson game. I felt very optimistic that Florida State could hold its own and, and maybe even win the game just because of the matchups and the way Clemson was playing at the time. You and I talked, and I told you, uh, if you'll recall, I, I didn't see any way Florida State could actually win this game with a healthy ball club and certainly down a quarterback and three or four other uh, contributors. You know, I, I'm a little bit uh, encouraged because I, I thought it would, particularly the way the first quarter went, I thought it would be a blowout. Uh, the kids continued to show uh, some things that long-term I think are very uh, beneficial, i.e., uh, they didn't quit. They continued to give effort. They continued to play. Uh, I like the adjustments at halftime, particularly on the offense. But when when you don't get a running game going, and of course, NC State's very good against the run. When you don't get a, a running game going with this particular squad, then it's going to be a very long afternoon, evening, day when uh, it comes to the offensive side of the ball, period, the end. Well, it sort of answers the question that that folks were asking weeks two, three, four, somewhere in that time frame, first month of the season, when nothing was going right on offense except that Corbin and Ward looked like they were were running, they were good running backs, and people were saying, "Well, let's just run the ball every down." Well, you you can't run the ball every down with right. this offensive line and without the threat of the quarterback running. I mean, you can clearly see what you need to open up those lanes for the running backs, and really, by not playing, it shows just how important Jordan Travis is to this team offensively. In the curtain configuration, there's no question, and then you throw in some drops. Uh, you throw in uh, the, the defense is a little bit of a regression. I'm not going to pin it all on them, but, you know, they were, what, four, four or five plays of 30-plus yards in that ball game, i.e. The, the gash plays, which they had done a reasonably good job of, of uh, limiting prior. I mean, that's just a, a recipe that doesn't – I mean, that, that, that cake won't rise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let's, we'll get to the defense in a minute. Let me finish offensively because I, I talked with Mackenzie Milton after the game. And, uh, you know, when you watch him play, he processes things so quickly. And that's compared to Jordan. It's also compared to the last several years of quarterbacks Florida State's had, frankly. But his body just can't keep up with what his mind is processing. And when I say process, there's the one play that, I mean, it's they're selling out. He's about to land on his backside, but he knows where the hot route is, and he floats a ball out there, and it's caught. McLean adjusts and makes the catch. Uh, there was the the third down conversion from in the end zone that somehow he finds a little lane, and that was one of only two third down conversions FSU had. So he has the mind for it. His his body, uh, for obvious reasons, is not the same as what it once was. I, I will say this: I do feel bad for McKenzie from this standpoint. 
he has not played with Florida State's full offensive line at any point. When he was starting earlier in the year, Maurice Smith wasn't back yet. He, they didn't have the first five. Then he plays yesterday. Maurice Smith is there, but for whatever reason, he really struggled to snap the football. I mean, it was an Very adventure much. on the center snaps, and I'll elaborate on that in a minute. But then you didn't have Dylan Gibbons in there. And so, again, he's out there without the best five. You didn't have Bavion Johnson. He's, he's out there without the best five linemen. And the, the center snaps, let me go to that real quick. The very first offensive snap of the game, Maurice Smith was, was probably three feet outside, and McKenzie has to, to, to uh, break his vision to go get the ball. And then he's trying to connect with McLean on just a little five-yard out or whatever. And it's incomplete, and it seems like no big deal. It's just an incomplete pass. But the reality is that snap is blowing up that play at the start, and it happened on the first snap of the second drive as well. So, to me, that has to be scored as an MA somewhere. It's not a missed block, but you're going from first and 10 to second and 10 because you really can't execute as well if you're having to play shortstop and dig snaps off the ground, which he did quite frequently in that game yesterday. There were six or seven I heard some reports, six or seven that, I mean, there were others that were bad snaps, but there were six or seven that you could grade as really bad. Yeah. And then you mix that with the seven drops. And you know, that again is you, we're, Florida state's not good enough to overcome those types of mistakes. That, that's exactly right. And this is the same thing that comes into play when people complain about officiating. We never complain about officiating when Florida state's winning games by two and three scores in 2013, nobody cared about the refs until they missed the horse collar on the final drive out in Pasadena and, and scored anyway, you know? Uh, yeah, you're not good enough to overcome those mistakes. And there was, I think it was after the second series of the game, I go over and, uh, well, it was whenever NC State scored on one play, but there was a TV timeout in there. So even though the one play was 16 seconds or whatever, it was about a three and a half minute break that the offense was over there. And Maurice Smith snapped for about a minute and a half and said, okay, I'm good, and sat down. And Alex Atkins said, no, get up there and snap some more. And so he snapped for the next minute and a half the entire time. Again, it wasn't a long time, but he's had back issues. I don't know if it was that. I don't know if he's one of the guys that missed time due to the flu. I don't know if it was Corey Durden, his old teammate, who was lining up right against him, and he was more concerned with who he was facing defensively. But whatever it was, that, that, that's not a recipe for offensive success. Not at all. Not at all. And the other thing it does, I, you know, I, I would obviously, if I'm Kenny Dillingham, I would not admit to this. But if you know you've got that going on, that changes some of your play calls probably. Uh, I mean, it, it's just a natural human reaction. So it's a domino effect. Yeah, no question. So offensively, they couldn't run the football in the first half. Now, it was a high possession game the way this game was going. So they, they got multiple chances to go three and out in the first half. But you could see at halftime they really adjusted their philosophy and they said, we're not even going to waste a down running the football. We're just going to throw dink and dunk all three downs to try and at least move the chains. And it worked. That's, they got some momentum with the onside kick, which was a, a gutsy call caught NC state sleeping again in an, an extra possession. And, and that's when the game got interesting for a while when they started completing little five yard passes here and there. The biggest thing the onside kick did, I mean, other than momentum, Tommy is, is allowed Florida state to play with a short field. I mean, the entire first half, everything was played on FSU side of the ball of, of the field. And, you know, I go all the way back. They, the first kickoff was six yards deep and they brought it out. So they started that drive on the 18 or the 19. You know, that again, this team is just not good enough to play against 
uh, disadvantages that maybe just maybe, and this is critical comment. Uh, others have others have more critical comments, but you got to do away with some of the things that you think you can do when you're good and do the things good and concentrate on them. And then, you know, let's fair catch some stuff. Let's, let's play that, you know, that fourth down, that was not a time to go for it on fourth down. I don't even, if they made it, I would still say it's not the time to go for it. Now, a couple of other times, it was the correct time to go for it on fourth down. You know, it's just, it's a long laundry list of things that need to continue to be worked on. I was wondering how long it was going to take you to get to the fourth down, Chief. <laughs> I showed a little restraint there. <laughs> so here's the thing about it. Uh, I knew you would be adamantly opposed. I think I would have punted the football too. For what it's worth, when you plug it into the system, the metrics actually show that it was the better call to go for it rather than punt. Now it was marginal again. I know what you can tell me to do with the metrics in that situation. I think it might go to your point that you just made about the onside kick let FSU start at midfield. If you play the field position game and you get the ball back, so you punt and NC State takes over at its own 10, obviously if you get them three and out, that's one thing. But the reality is there were several drives where NC State got a couple first downs and then punted and their punter was so good, now you're taking over at the eight again. So there, I think that might have been part of the thought process that we just got to do it because at least we're getting the ball at midfield. Uh, but I, I agree. I think I would have punted there. But I'll say this. If you knew you were going to go for it, they had second and four, third and four, fourth and four. And there needed to be a run in there somewhere. Maybe not a lineup and handoff to Corbin. Maybe it's a draw on third and four when NC State doesn't know if you're if they're thinking, maybe well, you'll probably punt if you don't get it. So you, you show pass and you, and you scramble the quarterback. There needed to be a different mindset on the previous two play calls, at least the, at least the third down in my mind for that. I, I agree. And again, it, it's hindsight. We're all great play callers when we know what the outcome already is and we can change it. But um, yeah, uh, there's just continu- uh, repeating myself, continued work needed because uh, first and second down is what's leading to that third and fourth down. And uh, they all go part and parcel. Exactly right. Now, Florida State didn't have penalties to put itself behind the chains. It was more the just incomplete passes or no gains on first down. By the way, this was the same officiating crew, excuse me, that worked the North Carolina game when Florida State had very few penalties as well. They only had two yesterday, which is the fewest they've had in years, I think since 2013. So we need to bring that crew back to town more frequently because uh, they they don't seem to call the flags on FSU. Now, I will say, and we can switch the defense here, Keith, there were a couple of couple of times that the the defender for NC State got there early. One of them was in the red zone, and FSU over, overcame it. But I mean, he was a full second early, draped all over. I forget the receiver, no flag, and the back judge is staring right at him. I'm thinking, well, he just got mugged. Where is that? It was parchment. Now that I think about it, but anyway, <clears throat> pretty clean game from a penalty standpoint for FSU. But but let's go to the defense, Keith. The the reality is, if you look at the yards per play, Florida State actually did better. They held NC State below what they've averaged over the course of the season for yards per play. And 28 points, I think we all looked at that game going in thinking NC State's going to score around 30, and and they could have scored more, or, or they've scored more on others. So, And they played pretty well down to down, but there were three the three big touchdown plays in particular, a 62-yarder and two that were 40-plus. Those were just daggers. They were, and, and- – the 62-yarder was busted coverage, by best we can tell. Uh, the others 
were missed tackles. I mean, they were physical, not mental mistakes. And this team had been relatively good on the defensive side in doing that. Uh, so I think we have to fault FSU a little bit, but we have to remember to give NC State a little bit of credit. I mean, you know, we as F- longtime FSU fans don't equate NC State with a top 20 program. And I mean, their defense was what, number six or number seven in the country and giving up points. They're only giving up 16 points a game. And, you know, we don't want to give uh, the NC State folk uh, the credit that they deserve and, and, and Doran the credit that he deserves and his staff deserves. This is a pretty good football team, and you can't afford those types of mistakes and expect to win, even having made those mistakes and even having not, uh, not having a running game. You know, it was a reasonably competitive game at 28-14. So that, that, that's just where I'm coming from. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's sort of like Wake Forest in that regard. Florida State fans will never go into a Wake Forest game and admit that Wake Forest might be a better football team. I know they lost yesterday, but Wake has, has long gotten better than the sum of its parts. And, and NC State, you do have to credit them for that, too. How about this, Keith? Now, this, this can go in the it's a reason or it can go in the it's an excuse bucket. And this is offered by me, not by the team. But tackling those sort of things show up when you miss practice. And we don't know how many guys miss practice. I do know because Keir Thomas told me that Akeem Dent, who missed one of the tackles, he was still sick enough that he missed practice on Friday and basically played the game sick yesterday. And I don't know how many guys were in there. The number overall that missed some time was reported to be 25. Now, most of them played because there were only a couple on the two deep that weren't available in the game, Jordan Travis being one. But you understand the point I'm making. If you miss a couple of days and you're still not feeling well, well, that's where the, the tackles, the missed tackles, the missed assignments could, could show up. No, no question. And also remember, and again, our listeners can pick the bucket they want to put this in, excuse or reason. But if you had 25 kids that missed practice, you had another 25 that were practicing sick. That's just the way those numbers go. You, you follow me? Yeah. So if you're sick enough to mix practice, that's one thing. But if you're sick and still practicing, that's also another thing. And you're right. Any of us that have ever been around the the great game of golf know that the first thing that leaves when you don't play golf is putting and chipping. And the first thing that leaves when you don't practice is tackling in football. So that might have been a reason for a couple of those those long ones that got away. I do think you have to credit NC State. Their quarterback is really good, by the way. That interception that FSU got on a Hail Mary, that's the – it's only the third interception he's thrown this year and the first one in like 280 pass attempts. Uh, he's thrown multiple touchdowns in, well, he's up to what did he get four yesterday. So he's at 25 touchdowns and three picks on the season. I mean, that's pretty good numbers. And, and he does it in a very uh, workmanlike fashion. You know, he's not flashy. He's just steady. Uh, I was impressed with him. I had not watched a lot of NC state and certainly had not watched a bunch of Leary. But uh, he's an impressive uh, quarterback and, and does exactly what's called upon in that system that Doran's got, no question. Going back to the flu, uh, the, the only two guys I talked to after the game were McKenzie and, and Keir Thomas. And I asked each of them if they had the flu. <clears throat> and McKenzie said, yes, he missed one practice during the week. It was earlier in the week. He was still sniffling and kind of clearing his throat a little bit, by the way, which didn't make me feel great as I was doing the interview. And uh, <laughs> Keir Thomas said he had had it earlier in the week. Now, he didn't – I don't think he indicated he missed practice. He didn't indicate one way or the other, but he did say he had been sick earlier in the week. So, And that's my point. That's my yeah. point. 
Yeah. Yeah. So it, it really did go around. Um, Dylan Gibbons was dressed out. And so since he was around the team, I think the reason he didn't play was not the flu so much as still recovering and, and resting his, his knee a little bit more, or whatever his ailment has been for the last couple of weeks. Uh, Toa Feely was walking around, not, not dressed out on the sideline. Cam McDonald had left the game against Clemson, but he did play in the football game. Wyatt Rector, the same thing. So maybe a couple of physical games in a row, we'll see. But, but maybe FSU will get some of these guys back for, for Miami this week. Well, and unfortunately, if you've been seeing what's going on with Miami, uh, and we'll talk about this more on our Wednesday show, but, I mean, I, you know, Miami, I think, has found a quarterback. Well, TVD, is that what they're calling him now? Mm-hmm. Uh, Van Dyke. And uh, that's, that's not good news for FSU either because uh, Miami had really been struggling at the quarterback position, and that seems to have kind of turned itself around. Well, and they found it by default almost. Exactly. Uh, we'll talk- We'll talk with Joe Zagaki later this week, the voice of the Canes, and he can give us the backstory on, on that and, and how they found him. I'm just looking back at my notes from yesterday to see what else I we, we need to talk about, Keith. This is the first show in a couple of weeks. We didn't really jump on, on special teams. The special teams weren't great. You mentioned the kick return that came out early on, but they, they did catch a few punts. The ones that Keyshawn let go over his head, he was standing at the eight, and if he fair catches him, he's going to be standing at the five, and we're going to ask him, you know, why did he fair catch it at the five? So I, I don't know. Did you have any beefs with? No, with I have no, I mean, play the odds. I know the kickers are better. I know they're better, but don't catch the ball. in. if you want to make it the eight, that's fine, but don't catch the ball inside the eight, play the odds. Yeah. And that's what he did yesterday. Cause I was paying close attention to him and where he was on him. And uh, the first punt of the game is the only one that the punter screwed up for NC state. And there was a vicious wind at his back. And that's the one that actually, I mean, he booted that one so hard it was a no-doubter, and Keyshawn got way out of there, and it, it, it hit the goal line, I think, when it bounced. Exactly. But then he adjusted after that. Uh, he went down a club, and everything he hit the rest of the way laid up <laughs> right at the five. I mean, it was, it was impressive. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, the onside kick we talked about, I'm just – I think I think that's that's most of it, Keith. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna shock you because uh, it's time now for our Prime Meridian Bank performance of the game, and I'm giving it to Mastermano. He had nine punts, averaged 45 yards a kick, along the 58, three inside the 20. I'm giving this one to Alex and uh, a shocker on the front row Knowles. Uh, speaking of performance, Prime Meridian Bank was just uh, has been named the best bank. To, by the readers of Tallahassee Magazine. Want to bank where they greet you by name, smiling faces that offer you coffee and cookie when you walk in the door. And I love that stuff. That's what I call a great performance. Try my bank, Prime Meridian Bank. Offices in Tallahassee, Crawfordville, and Lakeland are on the web at trymybank.com. Prime Meridian Bank, member FDIC. Try to pick your jaw up there, Tommy. Well, I really don't have to pick it up because for a, for a couple minutes in that game, I was thinking it might be Alex that I talked to in postgame. And I did make a, I did make a note that that's likely who I'm going to talk to this week uh, for the pregame player interview that we do on the network. I think he's friends with the Miami punter, who's Australian as well. But but separate that, if you can punt right and left footed, which he did, he did and, exactly. It's not like it's not like it would look if you saw me throw right handed, which I am, and then saw me throw left handed. I mean. He punts either way, and you wouldn't necessarily know if you didn't know his backstory, which is his dominant leg. It's it's pretty impressive, actually. Well, and and unfortunately, the backstop or the back 
side of the of the primary performance of the game is that FSU had to punt nine times. Now, conversely, NC State punted eight times. So uh, if you were into uh, the kicking game, uh, this was a game you could use uh, the tape from. Well, and that goes back to the defense. I think there were 14 possessions in the game, and, and 10 of them, the defense, or nine of them, the defense forced a punt or got an interception at the end of the half. And then the 10th one was the kneel down at the end of the game. So it was the other four drives that were long touchdown. Well, one of them was an eight-yard touchdown, but the other three were long, and that was the problem. And, and offensively, yeah, this is, this is two weeks in a row. Now, it's against the two best run defenses in the league as Mike Norvell talked about afterwards, Florida State just couldn't get anything going. And, and if FSU can't run the ball, that's what it's going to look like. Now, I do I do think they're going to, if, assuming Jordan is back, I do think they'll be able to run the ball. And I think we're in for th- this game this week to beat Miami is going to have to be 38-35. It's not going to get the, to the Wake Forest, North Carolina stratosphere, but it's going to be in the 30s for FSU to win this game, I would think. I, I would think, or, or if both offenses are struggling, it may end up being like the first three quarters of the Texas A&M Auburn game, which I think was six to three after three quarters plus or minus. So um, it'll be feast or famine, I guess is what I'm saying. Well, I'd, I'd like to see the famine from Miami's quarterback. Cause I don't know that we've seen it yet since he became their starter. There's no question. There's no question. Who is uh, being saluted by Hobson today, Keith? Hobson Chevrolet defensive player of the game is Keir Thomas. He uh, finished the game and had three tackles overall, but two big sacks and, and more than anything, um, you know, he has come on and been a compliment to Jermaine uh, Johnson. And I think the offenses are paying much attention to 11. And uh, that's given four an opportunity to do some things. And he's taken advantage of it. Here, Thomas is our uh, Hobson Chevrolet defensive player of the game. Get your new car or used car the best way. That's the Hobson way up in Cairo. Keith. We're going to cut this a little shorter than we normally do. And uh, to our listeners, that's on me. I'm actually in Panama City for my son's soccer tournament, and i got to get out the door to, uh, to go watch him play. He's got an early start here, Central Time. Fortunately, we did get an extra hour of sleep last night, so I was appreciative of that. But, As was uh, I. <laughs> Keith, we need to do that more frequently. Keith, uh, we'll catch up on Wednesday. We'll turn our attention to FSU and the Canes. Appreciate it as always, sir. Same to you. He's Keith. I'm Tom. This is Front Row Knowles.